0: The show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and I have a very special guest with me today, Miss Niva Lee Reckla. If you don't already know her from Superpower Kids, go and check her out. Um, but we have a really important conversation that we're going to be having today. Our topic today is teaching children self-respect through consent. Um, this is, she and I got into a very interesting conversation, so I wanted to have her on the show about it. Uh, but before we dive into this topic, let me tell you a little bit about Neva. Neva Lee Reckla is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and inspiration. She's on a mission to inspire 1 million kids to do business and encourage adults to support them. She believes that, quote, even if kids don't want to do business, if they know they can, then they'll believe they can do anything. At the age of two, she asked for her first business cards and never looked back. From her veteran philanthropy, spreading light love and pixie dust, to hosting the Superpower Kids podcast, she delights and impacts the world one connection at a time. Her motto is, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Welcome to the show, Ms. Niva Lee. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you, madam. Um, before we dive into this really important conversation, will you tell our listeners what your superpowers are?
1: I will. Um, so one of my superpowers is I have chameleon ability, and so I can like, kind of tap into the energy in situations. And so, for example, the energy in our conversa- conversation today may be completely different than the conversation I'll go and have with my mom, mm-hmm.
0: and so you see that as your ability to just adapt and change to different situations, yeah, beautiful, I love it um, well, I wanted to sort of give our listeners a little bit of a background of of how um, how this conversation came to be because. Um, a few weeks back, my daughter Sana and I were visiting your family, and Sana started talking about a little boy in her class who was trying to kiss all of the girls. and um, And we started to talk about, you know, how that made her feel, and things that she could say um, or do in that kind of a situation. Do you? And then, and then it led us to a really interesting conversation about consent and, mm-hmm. and children, right? Will you share maybe a little bit about what you remember from that conversation and what
1: what stuck out to you
0: as really important?
1: Um, we talked about how, um, how that little boy maybe that was the only way he knew how to connect, and so um, we kind of shared with some of that if you don't want him to kiss you you can tell him to stop and if it gets to the point where he doesn't stop you can go talk to a teacher or something but the biggest part is being in it for yourself and not having someone immediately come in to help you
0: yeah and and as a child yourself why do you see that as being so important as like not just having adult come in right away, but you being able to say, no, yourself as a child and be respected in that?
1: Um, Because I feel like some adults may look at kids as maybe we are kind of innocent and so we don't have that power. And so taking a step back and going, wait, I can hold myself in this. I don't need... My parents or my teacher to come in to help me, I can be in it for myself and kind of that. I know being able to hold myself is really good.
0: What is it? What do you feel like it gives you, the being able to hold yourself? How does it make you feel?
1: I know for me, it gives me a lot of, of courage and. I know that I don't have to necessarily be rude when I'm standing up for myself. And but it's that courage aspect that I have a lot in that situation.
0: Do you think that there are things that your parents did or continue to do and encourage you to do that um that makes it more likely that you will stand up for yourself instead of looking to an adult to help you?
1: Yes, we've had many conversations about if I get in a fight with someone, um, we talk about the um, kind of like the power escalator a little bit. Um, how if, like, let's say I'm in a fight with someone and they're like punishing me or something, and something I can do, we say no, and if it gets to the point, they keep going. I can say, I told you I said no, and if I can't, and if they still are going, I can try to walk away. And if it gets to the point where I cannot walk away, I can use more force.
0: And what would that look like?
1: Fighting back, um or fighting back in my own way. I've never been in a fight, so I would figure it out in the moment.
0: I'm glad you've never been in a fight and I hope you never have to figure that out in the moment. But I think there is, you know, and and you and your mom and I have talked about this about, you know, I think a lot of times um, we can have this concept that fighting is, is never a good idea. Right. And of course it's not where we want to go to first, but just to anyone listening to this, I think there is, especially with our girls, there's something to this um concept of of allowing that to be an option right to to fight back um, and and having that that be an option uh as a last resort um it's a very different mindset shift, but I think it is it 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 sort of gives you that feeling of of courage right that you were talking mm-hmm. about earlier to know that if you had to you could do that
1: yeah yeah, but it's not like. Someone tickles you and you immediately punch them.
0: Right. It's right. You school you your parents have talked about when that becomes an appropriate choice mm-hmm. And it's kind of like at the very yeah. end, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: cuz like you were talking about it's a completely different mindset and I know some people live their lives like they always have to be in that fight-or-flight mindset and so either you're not in fear and you're flying, or you're constantly in fear, and you feel like you always have to fight. And so being able to have that option, and knowing that I could if I needed to, and that gives it would be a me that courage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, we're going to talk a little bit more about consent when we get back from the break, because Neva has a really cool story to share with everyone about her experience at Burning Man. Um, but we are going to go to a quick break. Neva, before we do that, can you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more
1: about you? You, um, you can go to my website, nevalereckla.com. That's N-E-V-A-L-E-E-R-E-C-L-A.com. And I'm all over social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. And check out her show on superpowerexperts.com, Superpower Kids, um, because Neva does some really, really great stuff over there. All right. So we're talking with Neva Lee Rekla about teaching children self-respect through consent. More when we get back. Stay tuned.
1: your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more.
0: Okay, we're back. So Neva, you have, you, you know, you are nine years old, but you are a very mature nine years old and your parents have talked to you about sex, you know, for mm-hmm. a long time. That you are no stranger to these conversations that some people <laughs> wait, uh, wait a longer time to have with their kids. I loved it the other day. I, I texted your mom if she could hop on the phone for a quick minute. She was like, nope, we're playing with tampons, you know, because she's, <laughs> she's prepping you for that part of life, too. So, so you, are, you are a unique child in, in many ways. Um, but in your exposure to conversations about sex is definitely, I think you're far ahead of a lot of your peers. And, um, and when we talk about consent, oftentimes, um, especially in our cultural atmosphere today, we're talking about consent from a sexual perspective, but you had a very interesting experience at Burning Man. Um, and I would love if you could share that story. With our listeners because I think it, it really offers a beautiful lens into why teaching children consent is important and why remembering that children should be empowered to have consent is important. So t- tell us the story of what happened at Burning Man.
1: So we, um, we've we gone to Burning Man twice in a row and it's an amazing space. Um, and at our camp, we were at a camp, they had all of our camp members come in to listen to this talk about consent. And these three males came in, had a conversation, and I noticed that they were only talking about consent for adults. And so, when I talked to my mom about this, I said, Mom, why are they only talking about consent for adults? What about kids? And so... She said, "Well, why don't you go ask them?" And we went up to ask them, and they said, "I, I asked why did you only talk about consent for adults, and what is like the mindset I should have if I'm in a situation in a situation where I need to have some of that consent aspect?" and um, they said to me, well, like, if you're going to hug someone, make sure to ask your mom if it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so they were, they only told me to go to an adult to have that courage aspect. And so they weren't really telling me that I could do it by myself.
0: And how did that make you feel?
1: If that'll... It felt a little discouraging, the fact that, like, these people were only thinking about consent for adults, and they weren't thinking about how that can happen for kids as well. Mm -hmm. Because I know that, like, a kid stereotype is that we're the innocent ones, and that if we're in a, like, power play situation, that... It's always best to go to an adult. Right, but what if there's no
0: adult around to go to?
1: Exactly. So we haven't been taught that. And so when they said that, I was kind of taken aback a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say
0: to someone who's listening to this, who maybe has children and has not talked to them about consent yet? How would you encourage someone to talk to their kids about being able to give consent around what happens with their own bodies?
1: Well, first talking about like sex and stuff is helpful because, like you said, it happens a lot in sexual situations. Um, and setting them down, maybe just talk to them about it in your own way and ask them how they feel comfortable having this conversation versus just like, throwing it at them, and talk to them about how, okay, I'm going to say this with my beliefs, but my belief is that kids can have power in situations, and but I don't mean that, like, we're taking away someone's power. Sure. I mean it, like...
0: You can be empowered.
1: hmm Being yeah. empowered. And so talking with them about that, about how, like you can be empowered in a situation and it's good to have your own boundaries and talk to them about do you have boundaries for yourself and what are the things you do if someone set off those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And how do you understand your boundaries, Neva? How, did you, how, how do you have clarity
0: around what your boundaries are?
1: My boundaries are Kind of like the simple ones, like no touching where a bathing suit covers, and if like even if someone is in my space and I've told them to back off and they don't back off, don't expect me to just leave it there.
0: So, I, but I have a question about that whole um, no touching where a bathing suit covers. How did you come to that as a boundary for yourself?
1: I actually talked with my parents about it because. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had situations where um, friends have, like, poked my butt before, and I don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've talked to them many times about, like, how do I get them to stop? Or, And they've suggested that I come up with my own personal boundaries, and i asked for, like, what are some of the simpler ones? And so that one came mm-hmm. about.
0: Mhm. And that felt good to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then how do you talk to your friends about that in that kind of a situation now?
1: Um I have friends that I'm really close to, so I expect from them like if I tell you to back off, you're going to back off. Mm-hmm. And I've had that conversation with them before, and I'm comfortable enough with them that if they were sitting too close to me and I told them to Go away, they would back up a little bit. Um, and so, and sometimes I don't have like a full on conversation with them where I just sit down with them and tell them these are my boundaries, don't invade them. Because um, I'm close enough with all my friends where I trust they wouldn't invade them. But if it got to the point, I would have that conversation.
0: What about adults? Have you ever had that experience with an adult where you felt like an adult was kind of too in your space or wanted a hug that you didn't want to give? Um, So
1: many times. And and what do you do in those situations? Um, I had a situation at CEO Space. It's where you and I met. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing place. I've been going there since I was two. It's a business event for all CEOs. Basically, there was this woman, anytime she saw me, she had to give me a hug, and I never wanted a hug from her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was at the point in my life, I'm saying this and I'm nine, but <laughs> I was at the point in my life where I wasn't comfortable saying no, and I still am kind of working through that. How old and were so, you
0: when this was happening?
1: Um, That was about two or three years ago.
0: Okay, so you were six or seven?
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm and I remember that she would just like come up behind me and give me a suffocating hug and so at one point I hid behind my mom's chair Mm
0: -hmm. at
1: another point I pretended to give her a massage or like anytime I saw her I would just say I was busy or something and that way I felt like I was protecting my boundaries without telling her no because that is something I'm working through is like how do I say no without coming off as being rude
0: yeah yeah and and what do you think it was why do you think she wanted to hug you so much
1: um I know in situations some people just won't crave that loving energy and maybe she didn't know how else to get that loving energy.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And But even just talking with someone, you can get that energy.
0: Do you think that she thought that because you were a child, it was more okay to try to take sort of your light and your energy from you than it would be with an adult?
1: That is something I picked up on because I was the only one she would do that too?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You noticed that she was different with the adults than she was with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I had a situation when I was younger and my mom, we worked through this, but my mom would tell me to hug random strangers who just wanted to hug from me. And at one point, this lady was talking to me and I was like two. And mom said, Neva, this lady's trying to talk to you. And the woman said, Back off, Mom. She's two. She doesn't need to talk to me. Hmm. And mom got down on her knees and apologized. Mm-hmm. And from this day on, if I don't want to hug someone, she respects that. And so that's nice.
0: Do you remember that moment when your mom got down on her knees and apologized to you? Or is that more you just you've heard the story enough that it's that you know the story?
1: Um, I can kind of remember the energy of it, but I'm so curious
0: if you remember like how you felt, like if something shifted for you, I know you were super young, but I, I just, I think that it's so valuable to hear from your, from your voice. Um, you know, because a lot of times adults talk to one another about these experiences, but it's pretty rare that we get to hear the children talk
1: Mm -hmm. about it. Um, it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. mm mm-hmm. Um, even though I was two and I probably didn't even understand. But that meant, at the time, Mm-hmm. I imagine that a part of me was like, Oh, I don't have to be picked up by random strangers anymore.
0: So you felt you- there was a part of you could relax, maybe?
1: Yeah. And I had times when I was younger where... These are from stories that I've heard, but where so many people thought that I wasn't even there because of the energy of me, and I've people have walked through me before, and this one time, um, we had at like a farmer's market when I was like a baby, and this lady asked my parents if she can touch me. And she thought I was like a doll. And another time, a girl tried to pick me up and walk out out of the store with me. Mm -hmm. And so I've had people think that I wasn't real because of my energy. And so, or it's like they get that kid energy from me. And so they think that they can just pick me up whenever they want. Yeah. So,
0: if there's a, a grown-up who has children who's listening, or who is around children who's listening to this, what do you think is the most important thing that they need to hear out of all of this?
1: Um, I would say ask, like ask what the kids' boundaries are, and even if you're a really close family, it's still good to ask. Um, just. Have a conversation with them. What are your boundaries? How can I uphold those without invading your space? Because I know that sometimes really close family may say, like, oh, go kiss your aunt or something. And maybe that kid doesn't want to.
0: Yeah, and that should be okay, right? Yeah. Versus,
1: like, if that kid says no... Like it not even being an option,
0: and you know some children aren't at a point where if you ask them what their boundaries are, they're going to be able to articulate that to to yeah. you you know they they're not they they don't maybe even know what that means, mm-hmm. um, but there are lots of ways to pick up on what a child is feeling based on mm-hmm. their body language, right mm-hmm. they're maybe maybe an expression or if they they're looking uncomfortable yeah. or they're not, you know, running into a hug with someone else or their whole body tenses, right? Yeah. There there are ways to tell if a child is saying no, even if they haven't learned how to say no with their words yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? I volunteer with um, two year olds at my church.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so Something I try my hardest to do is, like, if they if they don't want a high five from me, don't, like, force their hands to give me a high five. And so, and I can pick up on their energy signals. And so, with adults, maybe they've gotten far enough in their life where they've kind of forgot what it's like to be a kid. And mm-hmm. maybe they forgot that they've had situations where... That has happened to them, and they were uncomfortable
0: yeah, yeah, and I, I you know for any adults out there listening, I just want to really encourage you to think, because probably most of us um, didn't have this level of awareness growing up. we didn't have adults around us who were encouraging us to really check in with ourselves and and see if it's okay um, mm-hmm. for people to touch us or hug us or or anything, um, and I just really want to ask the adults in this conversation. You know what? What do you think your life would be like, your relationship with your own self-respect, um, if if you had at this really early age been taught that it was okay to claim your space, to say no, um, even if it meant you might hurt someone else's feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really, you know, that's a really huge opportunity that we have to give the children who will then grow up to be adults. Um, yeah. we, we get to give you guys a leg up, right? Yeah. It's something that we didn't have maybe growing up. When we, when we give you the opportunity to, to claim your space and to say no, we're teaching you how to, how to be adults, how to be respectful.
1: Yeah, because in some situations, we're taught that no isn't even an answer. Yeah. And so growing up with that mindset, and if you have kids, guess what that kid is going to take on? And and I've been in situations where, like, my friends have touched me, and I don't want to be touched by them. And I've told them no, and they keep on going. And so it's like I can tell where they're at and I can tell that they haven't had that conversation with their parents about boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because that's another thing. Talk with your kids about how can you uphold others' boundaries and how can they have that conversation with their friends because Mm -hmm. kids aren't learning that. And so they're going around kissing people when they maybe aren't necessarily supposed to, or hugging people when it's uncomfortable for that other person.
0: Yeah. Well, and we talked about that, you know, when we had that conversation with Sana, that maybe this child, maybe in in his household, you know, the way that they show love and affection is by kissing one another. And maybe he wasn't trying to be aggressive. And he was really just trying to say, I want connection. And mm-hmm. that's how he was taught in his house that you have connection and love with someone else.
1: And maybe he, ha- he hasn't learned that there's so many other ways that you can connect with somebody.
0: That's right. That's right. But mm-hmm. also from the, from the child's perspective, you know, it doesn't make it okay that he's going around and trying to kiss all the girls. Mm-hmm. And probably he's getting some attention from that too. Yeah.
1: And it's that attention craving aspect as well. Because people will do things that uh, their higher aspect knows maybe isn't okay or isn't very nice. And they'll do it just to seek attention, just to get like a reaction out of somebody. Mm -hmm. And so that's why like bullying happens. They're just craving that attention aspect and they don't know how else to get it.
0: Have you had experiences with bullying?
1: I have. Um, I've had different times, and every single time I've come back and talked to my parents about it, and we actually um came up with codes because there's this one situation. this girl, she was an angel around like her mom and my parents, but then like the moment we were alone. She was really rude to me, and she mm-hmm. was older than me by, like, quite some years. And, and I remember that we went to the pool once, and I was crying because she, she was being really rude to me, and all I wanted was to go back and hang out with my parents because I regretted saying I wanted to go to the pool with her. And this one teenager who was in the pool – Asked if I wanted to go back to my parents, and she pretended to be nice to me. As soon as she got me to the pool gate, she called me a crybaby, dropped me off with a dropped me off with someone who's going to CEO Space. This was happening at CEO Space. He brought me up to my parents, and they were in a meeting, and so I felt like it was rude to intrude, and so we came came up with them code blue, which is basically like it's not necessarily emergent, an emergency, which is code red, don't ask questions, just do what I say. Code blue is kind of like a calmer version of that. It's like take time, out for a second, I need you.
0: Hmm. That's really beautiful. I love that you guys have those moments. So, So in your family, code blue is like, I really just need some support and some comfort right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Will you please because, give me some attention, yeah, even though I know you're in a meeting.
1: Because at that age, like even even probably now, like the idea of shooting on their meeting feels rude, even like no matter what's happening in my life. And so having that code, I noticed that it doesn't happen as much anymore. And so we don't need to use it as often. Mm-hmm. Because, and do you think that's because
0: just being able to speak the code, it allows you to have to sort of check in with yourself a little bit more around what's happening?
1: Yeah. I've noticed that it does do that because I know it's almost back to like the power escalator. Knowing that I can use force and knowing that I do have that code gives me that courage to stand up for myself even more.
0: Well, I don't think it's, um, I think it's pretty clear how awesome you are to everyone out there who has listened to this conversation. And I really just want to thank you so much Neva for coming on the show today to talk about this because I think it's so super important. And like I said, very rare that we get to hear about this from a child's perspective. So I just really honor you and love you so much. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for this.
1: And thank you. I love you. I love you too, sweetie pie. And to our
0: listeners out there, thanks for tuning in to this episode. This is a really important one. If you if you have kids or if you know someone with kids, please share it with them so that they can really hear from, from the child's voice why teaching your kids consent um, is so vitally important especially in this day and age and also to our listeners if you have not yet joined us in the superpowers our real group on Facebook please do so come and play with play with us in there Check out our program, superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs. We've got some fabulous offerings in there. And if you want to know more about your personal superpowers, you can always take the quiz on our website to, um, to know more about what kind of superpowers, unique superpowers you have. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings.